0: And welcome to episode number 137 of the podcast, God Beyond the Bible. The podcast created by seekers and for seekers. And how about some shout outs?
1: Yeah, our shout outs are to Helden, Leon, and our listeners in Columbus, Ohio.
2: All right. Our quote this week is from Mr. Steve Earle. You guys know who that is, right? Yeah. Copperhead Road. Guitar Town. Guitar
0: Town. Yeah, Steve Earle, musician.
2: He said, To me, religion is an agreement between a group of people about what God is. Spirituality is a one on one relationship. I like that.
0: Wow. I never knew. Never I know. knew. Steve. Well, I know very little about Steve Earle. Right. I played a couple of his songs. Right. That's, that's about it. Well, today's discussion topic is going to be taking control of our own spirituality. Taking control of our own spirituality. And I think we've done some other podcasts closely. Probably all, a lot of our discussions overlap stuff that we've already done mm-hmm. i think we did one didn't we I, I mentioned this in the last podcast i think we did one religion versus spirituality mm-hmm. or spirituality yes, versus did. religion whatever well to get this discussion started uh, what do you think the difference is between practicing an organized religion and being a spiritual individual are they the same can they be the same do they overlap
1: well, i can say for myself i went to church for almost 30 years And I I knew the hymns, and I could give you the apologetics answer to any question that you wanted to ask me, but it really wasn't until after my deconstruction and my sort of morphing into a spiritual person that I became familiar with the creators and all of the beautiful intricacies of his design around us.
2: Yeah. And I think that organized religion is just, it's a set of rules, regulations. You know, I mean, honestly, that's really all to me that it is. It's You're just, just studying you, you do for the this. test. Yeah, basically.
0: Well, mm-hmm. what do you think are some of the reasons people might find it easier to practice religion than becoming a spiritual seeker? Do you, let me ask you this Did you find it easier to practice religion than it is to be your own free spiritual agent?
2: Easier? Yes. More fulfilling? No. No, but
0: I mean I'm just but talking easier, about easier. Because that's I'm, easier a, I'm
2: a rule person. I'm a I think that's why I like I think that's yeah. why I like math so much. You do this step, this step, this step, you're gonna get the right answer. With religion, they tell you you do this, this and this and you're gonna be okay. But there are so many Variables. Variants in that yes. you know well and i think well, it's I- inconsistent easier. we're talking about inconsistencies
0: yes, yes. In, in what religion says and mm-hmm. what it produces
2: it's
1: easier to believe that pat answer that maybe doesn't make total sense and just not question it, it is. than to admit that i don't know feel i don't like, know why it's that way like, is it
2: scarlet o'hare i'll think about that tomorrow yeah <laughs> I, I won't think
1: about that today i'll think about it tomorrow
0: so so we're kind of in agreement and and i have found it that it was easier in some sense to practice the religion until you start having spiritual awakening. Then there's a conflict there, but we'll talk about that more in this age of leave things to the experts mindset. That's the age we live in, right? Everything is so compartmentalized. And so everybody's an expert. You well what, Oh no, I thought you had a spot on your tongue. It's on your cheek. I'm gonna have to send you to the <laughs> But anyway, in this age of leave things to experts mindset, do you think we have developed that attitude when it comes to our spirituality? In other words, speaking of organized religion, we more or less prefer to pay someone else to do the seeking for us and, and give us that abbreviated version.
2: Mhm. But we want them to get it right the first time. Don't you know, don't mislead me. You no. have to one hundred percent have it down. What's your I've actually
1: had people tell me through the years that I need to be careful about just going and reading the Bible myself. You need a learned teacher there to explain these things to you. You can't just go reading this book yourself. But now,
2: isn't its is it Jehovah's Witnesses where you have to be in the presence of an elder? Yeah,
1: yeah. They don't just turn to, them loose with the Bible. That's what I thought. Yeah, they,
0: least, and, and I'm uh, sure there are other, uh, but prob- those are the ones i Probably others, too, yeah, yeah that uh, have to have a an uh, elder. Mm-hmm an elder in the presence of, and i'm thinking and i don't know that i don't think that the jehovah's witness i don't think they herald the bible like protestant right. Right, religions right. do the position they don't lift it elevate it to uh, being divine i'm not sure mm-hmm. that they do uh but just think about that and we've told it, but and i've been just like you i've heard uh people say well what you need to do is you need to get under the teaching of a good pastor yes if you're not understanding the Bible, and we've all been through that, and I've said this before, I've got to go ahead and just say this and, and confess myself. I've said, if the Bible, because back in my days when I was all sold out that the Bible elevated it to the place of divine, mm-hmm. it was God in essence. And I would say things like, well, if the Bible doesn't make sense, it's because you're misinterpreting it. If the Bible <laughs> seems the... inconsistent, there's not inconsistency. It's, it's because, because of you. it, your interpretation is mm-hmm. inconsistent. And that's that people should have just walked away. should have just. And slapped on the back of the head well they probably did in their mind anyway right you know for saying such things but yeah we're kind of in that leave things to the experts don't you mm-hmm. think it's just mm-hmm. easier to pay and we hope they get it right uh, you better get this right mm-hmm. you better Especially be get, if i'm gonna yeah, pay you, you for it you better be getting this right i've done everything you said to do so you better be getting it right Well, speaking of the organized Christian religion specifically, why do you think it is that the church is not very good at empowering the individual to seek his own path of spirituality, and in many cases, uh, tends to discourage personal spiritual development?
2: Well, let's just be honest, and this is going to be harsh, but I'm going to put it out there. If you don't need the church, they don't get your money.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a machine, and they need people to keep buying in to keep the machine going, Mm -hmm. because... A few people can walk away without a huge problem, but if too many people walk away and they're not buying into the machine, the machine grinds to a halt and the organization collapses. Every
0: religion, this was the thing, if you'll go back, this was the thing that the Jews in their organized religion had against Jesus. They even said, what are we going to do? The whole world's going after him. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus was offering personal spiritual empowerment over the religious machine. Yep. Now, unfortunately, here we are, two thousand years later, and we've turned what Jesus did back into the machine again. Yep. It's back into back into the organized machine again. Uh, You're on five. Based on personal experience, I thought I had another thought for that. other. Based on personal experience, do you find that people who opt to take control of their own spirituality tend to eventually leave the organized church? And why or why not?
2: I do. Because just from my personal experience, now, I know that there are more progressive churches out there. There are like-minded people who maybe come together, but mine is I can't sit in constant turmoil with my spirit about what I'm hearing and what I'm experiencing. And I'll tell you one of the hardest things for me about going to an organized church is seeing the huge building walking in and everything is just perfectly decorated. You don't know how many hundreds of thousands in some cases of dollars have been spent. Even millions. Paid by people that I know go to that church and have much, much less. And I'm thinking how much that money could have helped even just the people in your own church. I think for me, it
1: was that point in my spiritual awakening where you start realizing how constricting all of the Mm -hmm. rules are because you reach a point, at least for me, I reached a point in my spiritual journey where I kind of didn't have rules anymore. Everything just is as it is. And I don't want anyone telling me and you start feeling constricted by the idea of organized religion Mm -hmm. you know because i went through and researched a lot of other and i found a few organizations that i kind of liked. and then you get to this point where they're like but also you can't do this and if you do this you're not one of us but we're really into just letting you be who you are as long as these 10 things you abide by are these 12 (laughs) things and it's like okay no I'm, I'm now, good.
0: now we're a religion again. Now yep. we've just become a religion again. And do you think, let's just be really honest about it, is it really just about controlling the masses, yes. controlling your constituency? Mm-hmm. Government, people do that. I mean, government, and we've always said the church is based there. I think Trayson said this the first time. The church has patterned its model is big government and big business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's the model used for the organized church, that if was you tabby. think about it. Was it Tabby? Yeah, okay. that was Tabby. All right. Uh, becoming dissatisfied uh, with what might be considered, you know, the pat or the rehearsed answers. We call these apologetics, or that's what I call them. Mm-hmm. Becoming, when we become dissatisfied with the, the answers to our difficult questions, is one indicator that it may be time to take control of our own spirituality?
1: Yeah, Definitely. Yeah.
0: I mean, what are some other indicators that it might be t- – time? I think this is a big step, asking the questions and pursuing the que- – and I've got to give kudos to Rob Bell mm-hmm. about this. And all, I know that the Christian – the reason the organized Christian church is in such turmoil over Rob Bell, you know, you see – I mean, how many times did I see? Ten reasons Rob Bell should go to hell. Yeah. Yep. Now, this is being posted by Christian conservative – you know, and I'm thinking, okay, <gasps> but – that's not, I'm, you know, Bob Rob Bell's not the Messiah, no. but he is. He is an enlightened person, and 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 what he found, and this is what I learned from him. If you're not satisfied with the answer, keep asking the question.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Keep asking the question, because we're expected to, uh, in the Christian religion, to ask the question, get the pat answer, get the apologetics answer, and hush.
2: Yeah.
0: it's done. And if you don't like that, go somewhere else leave
2: i think another indicator and one that was big for me is just complacency i go to church on sunday and then i hang up my spirituality for the entire week until i have to drag it out again the next sunday when your spirituality is not ingrained in everything in you Uh day to day i think that should be an indicator that maybe we don't have it right Well, what
1: about when you're afraid to even discuss the things that you've been thinking about and contemplating Mm -hmm. because you know they're not going to fit into this, you know, perfect little puzzle Mm -hmm. and even other things when you're really talking to other members of say the organization that you're a member of whether it's baptist or whatever we Mm -hmm. were baptists that's easy and you're talking to people and you're discussing your belief system and you start seeing that gigantic gulf between this person's belief system and your path and you're Mm -hmm. going oh i'm not sure i belong here anymore right
0: well, what have you found to be some of the benefits? Let's get on a positive side of this. What have you found to be some of the benefits and advantages of of taking control and responsibility uh, of your own spirituality?
1: My anxiety and depression has completely tanked. I mean, the levels... Now, now let's of,
0: explain tanked. That will, could be that could be interpreted two different ways. Well,
1: the level of anxiety and depression that I had before is... All but gone? Yeah. I mean, they... I have a minuscule I knew amount, what, you, I knew what yeah, you mean I, was I have to. a minuscule <laughs> amount of anxiety and depression that I still deal with, and it's from other triggers, but there were parts of my anxiety that I really did not even realize were being triggered from my religious stances.
2: Mine has been the i don't know how to explain how I felt before this, but I never felt connected to anyone or anything and now just to know that every person no matter if i care for them or don't care for them <laughs> or everything the trees everything is is connected to sure. the divine and that has been such an inspiration to me and it it'll move me to tears sometimes just to think about the fact that we are all connected because i don't think you realize i didn't but in church you're taught christians non-christians yeah they're us, okay us, us and them. they're not the- And we forget that God created both of those, you know. That sort of feeling
1: of camaraderie, even with people that you don't really care for, when you go from, well, God will give them theirs one day to going, you know, I don't really care for her, but I don't wish anything bad on her. I just let her go live her path.
2: And the other huge aspect for me is it has made me realize who I really am. I've been able to shake off some of the, the fake from myself and not all of the things i have found out about myself have been necessarily wonderful but <laughs> at least i've but learned but you see them for what yeah. they are
0: well do you think that it kind of eliminates that halo effect
2: oh it does yes yeah.
0: And and if you don't know what the halo effect is, we mentioned this before, it's the idea that we need to be perceived a certain way, that our, our morality, all of these things, you know, and we even answer the questions in a way that there's some am- ambiguity and interpreted mm-hmm. what, we're, what we're, you know, anyway. Okay, a person who has been involved in organized religion then makes the decision to do some spiritual seeking on their own. It can be scary. Yes. Yes. Do you think some of that fear is a result of being programmed to distrust any spiritual pursuit that is not sanctioned by the church?
1: Well, I will say again, I said it in our last podcast. If you are taught to believe that everything that is not listed as acceptable in the Bible, which is pretty much, by modern Christian standards, God telling you what to do through the Bible, if you're taught that anything that is not that is demonic... It's hard to break that programming. It
0: is. Well, anything that doesn't say what we say. Mm -hmm. Yes. That doesn't agree with what we say. If it even questions what we say. If it causes you to question what we say, it's demonic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. then it's, yeah, it's hard to break. that, And it is a, a scary thing to think about, especially if you're a long-term person that's been in church a long time and to walk away. And then, and I can say, if I can do it in 35 years in the ministry, if I can do it, anybody can do it. You can do it. Uh, but it has to get to the place that you just want to be happy and not miserable. You mm-hmm. want to be happy. You want to just, and and it may take you the rest of your life to get the answers you're looking for. But at least they're they're answers
1: that fit. Mm -hmm. Once you start seeking, it never stops. I mean, it doesn't. The questions may change a little bit, but it's it's a journey. And it's not really even about the destination anymore. It becomes really about the journey itself.
2: Well, and have you found yourself, it gets easier as you go on just accepting that maybe you're not going to get all of the you're not going to get all of the answers you're not ever going to fully understand but as long as you're making those moves toward why understanding does, i guess maybe. why does
1: this child get cancer why does this child not why does this mean person have all of this prosperity i don't know and well, in the grand scheme it, of things i don't have to i said
0: and i was speaking in an engagement here a, a couple of weeks ago as a matter of fact i've said it twice in two different again and i said uh we haven't even satisfactory satisfactorily the church i'm talking about mm-hmm. religion in the church and i said this religion has not answered the simplest most basic question why does bad things happen to good people
2: mm-hmm.
0: until we can answer that one single question mm-hmm. And we've not done that satisfactorily. No one's really done that. And I don't think anyone can answer that for you. That has to be something that comes from inside. Okay. Speaking as a person who's been programmed by the church... Uh, been years in the church. Uh, a program may, seem, may offend some people when I say program, but that's what it is. It's everything that we get is mental programming, a you know, school, public schools programming. Yeah. Everything that we do is program. How difficult and scary is it for a person to overcome the obstacle of questioning the doctrine of the Bible, uh, the doctrine that says that the Bible is divine and infallible and it's a single work directly from the hand of God? Because that is really the first challenge, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I still, to this day, have a tendency to want to quote Bible verses to back up what I say.
2: Oh my gosh, it's so hard to get all that pre-programmed stuff out of your... And it's very freeing to start asking the questions, but I found myself going back and giving myself those apologetic answers and going, (laughs) wait, no, think about this, really think about it. You need
1: to look at what they said in Matthew chapter (laughs) 21 about... And your brain does it automatically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going, "Oh, well, you know what they said." You know, Malachi. Now he said, and I'm going.
0: Let Let me say the first matter. step. The first step should be, see, the first step to deprogramming yourself to think this is a single, infallible, divine word is to stop saying the Bible says. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: The Bible tells us so much. The Bible yes. says, "Whoa, wait a minute."
2: Mm -hmm.
0: See, you're automatically putting that into, that it's a divine, single divine. How about, how about Jeremiah in the Old Testament writings? In the text of the Old Testament, Jeremiah is recorded as saying. Mm -hmm. Because we don't even know who recorded it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm, Sure. But, But I think the first step, I'd give everybody this. Catch yourself and see how often you say, well, the Bible says... Mm-hmm. Because that right there, when you use that phrase, that means you have been programmed that that is a single divine work. Yep. And I, that's about all that I can do. Even though we're told there aren't any inconsistencies in the Bible, any logical person knows there are. Now, this kind of plays into our faith, yes. our faith thing. there. The most glaring is when in one place we're told that God commanded thou shalt not kill period. That was the that was the commandment, right? Yes. Thou shalt not kill. Then we read somewhere else where there are those that says he commands one group to go over to another group and slaughter them all. Should these perceived inconsistencies uh, in the image and the character of the divine not be a good reason to rethink our position on the long-held divine status of the Bible?
1: I think they definitely should. And I think we should be able to openly question these things, even... Well, they're not going to let you. But even inside organized religion, well, I'm sorry, I, you should be able to ask the questions that you have.
0: The-
2: well, can okay? Do you guys? Am I the only one who realizes that one of the biggest criticisms the church gets from outsiders, from even non-spiritual people, is the fact that they make this Bible divine because yes it is. we say that okay jesus came to fulfill the law so we don't have to follow the law about all oh, how we can't wear linen yeah. and wool at the same time or we can't do this or that but. but we have to keep those 10 commandments out of the law because if we break those then and it, it's really frustrating because it we are so hypocritical or, all the time or
0: we are the new testament church we are the church that is founded on the principles of jesus christ And we, we don't, we're not the Jewish religion, but we're going to bring at least this one thing from the Jewish religion, tithing. Mm -hmm. We're going to bring this one law Mm -hmm. and we're going to incorporate that. And so it really comes down to even a lot of the New Testament churches that say they are not an extension of Judaism have made themselves an extension mm -hmm. of Judaism.
2: Yeah. And why? Why? Well, I lost my train of thought. Uh, why we have so much proof that this book has been manipulated through time? I mean, there's proof. There's for that sure. it's been and openly, still, openly,
0: yes. purposefully mm-hmm. manipulated and, not for
2: and and even and, and even
0: and even that as it was trans was manipulated again as it was translated into the English language. Mm-hmm. The religion was already well established. What. We wanted the book mm-hmm. to say, where it needed to lean. It needed to seem to be saying, because we go back, the Jews. The Jews would not incorporate anything as part of their canon that did not present them as God's chosen people.
1: Mm-hmm. And also, in other words, if it that was, was rule. written in Greek.
0: It didn't matter who wrote it. it. didn't matter if Daniel wrote it. It didn't matter who wrote it. Right. If it did not portray the Jewish people as God's only chosen people on the planet... It was disallowed. Now think of that already. It's it's it's
2: yeah
0: it's already scarred. It's mm-hmm. already it's already tainted when we get to that.
1: I think for me it's hard this concept that okay, I want you to dedicate every aspect of your life to serving this God who is only gonna speak to you through this book and you're only gonna be able to understand it when a pastor or another learned teacher tells you what God is trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. After a while, you just feel like, what am I doing anyway?
0: One more thing of a person, and we're talking about people being spiritually enlightened and the conflict that they have with the church and the Bible and the things like as Not the Bible itself, but the Bible and the status of being divine, a single Mm -hmm. divine work. Our first response is sometimes to take our concerns and arguments to the source, that is the church, you know, you may in your opinion, is this advisable and what one would expect the result to be when you say, well, I'm going to end the Bible study. I'm going to bring this up in the Bible study and I'm going to show I've got all the proof. I've got five pages here of where I have got proof here and I can take them to other places and show them that, that this is just not this doctrine is not. How's that responded to?
1: I am so glad that you brought these questions up to us. I have a list of sermons that you can listen to that will <laughs> properly reprogram you to believe what our church believes because what's happened is you're taking
2: those verses out of context? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, I can flip the tables. People have brought stuff up to me,
0: and Trayson wasn't saying that she has a church. She no, was, no, she no. was. That she was, was being her, that was sour, uh, that sarcasm. That was deep sarcasm. sarcasm there. Yeah, but
2: I mean, I can flip the roles, and I can think of times that people said something very open minded, and 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 actually now I can think, wow, they had a grasp, and I would just shoot them down. No, you don't. You're just you're wrong. Let you me explain yeah. to you
1: why you're wrong. Yeah. So. Well, I
0: remember one time, and it was here at a local church when I was pastoring, and I can remember uh, uh, a guy. We, we were in one of those Old Testament studies, mm-hmm. and where God says, "I've promised you the promised land. Go over there and kill these people and take it." And <laughs> that's basically right, right, right. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm giving it to you. It's my gift to you. Go over there and kill everybody and take yeah. it. That's and th- and and this guy spoke openly in the deal. He said, uh, "I just got to tell you, folks, I've got a problem with that." He said, "I've always had a problem with that. I'm not, and of course, everyone the, every, of course, he was in the group, and everyone there, the apos- Well, now that's how God. Did. He was just God was using that to get the, uh, uh, the paganism. He was trying to wipe out the paganism out of the land, and he was doing that so that the Jews wouldn't. They could be faithful to their religion. He was doing that because he. Did. And I'm thinking now. Wait a minute. God created those other people too. Mm-hmm. But you remember, the Jews really believed. They were the only sanctioned creation of God.
2: Right.
0: That they were the only people that were important enough that they had God's favor. They had his absolute favor. Really, they had, They no matter what we do, because God is us and we are God. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, basically. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to have, unless you have one of the most open-minded and there may be you may go talk to your pastor about it, and he may sit behind the desk and nod mm-hmm. his head while you're doing <laughs> this. Thing. But probably I'm going to tell you from a pastor's point, he's probably thinking of how he's going to respond to keep you in the fold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to think of how he's going to respond to you. He may even uh, placate you. He might. He may even uh, uh, just throw you a bone and say, "Well, you've got some good questions there, and those." He's not. You're not persuading him,
1: right? No.
0: <laughs> you are not persuading him, and you're not going to persuade him, probably, I'm going to say 99% of the time, you're not going to persuade him to even give good, reasonable thought right. to what you're, because he, because he can't, we can't escape our programming That's right until we decide to reprogram, or as Tracy says, deconstruct. Our non-expert opinion, we're down to that part. In your opinion, based on personal experience, is taking control of your own spiritual app spirituality even if it results in being in conflict with long-held beliefs and traditions worth the effort
2: yes i really believe i have learned more about myself in the last three years than i have in my entire 38 years on this earth
0: well you should be more comfortable with yourself
2: i have found i have actually found peace 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 with yourself yeah which is what I was and that's what we were searching for in the church right but Mm -hmm. we couldn't
0: find it as we did in one of our earlier episodes, you were always being outraged. Yes. You need to be outraged. You need to be, you know, mm-hmm. about all this stuff. Tracyn, any comments?
1: Well, I'll go back to Thich Nhat Hanh, which is a, again, mm-hmm. he's a Buddhist uh-huh. writer. But one of the things he says is once you know that it's a tree, you never see the tree again. And that's kind of what we tend to do in religion and organized religion specifically is this is what it is. This is what it's called. And now you don't really see it for what it is anymore. And we do that with our own questions. This is your question. This is the answer. And don't think too hard about it because it is well, what it is. Anything.
0: The Tao Te Ching says that once we put a name on it, mm-hmm. once we name it. Yes. Once we name God. Once we name God, we have put him into a category and we have put a he title labeled. on him. We've yep. put a, we got a label on him now. We've got him categorized. He's no longer God, but when you because he to... is your invention. Now he has become captive to what you have put him into. He's no longer this free agent, this free exactly. divine agent that can do anything that can can do. Mm-hmm. No, now he's you have confined him, and that's why you said once you. That's what you're saying about yes. once you once you name the tree, you don't observe the tree in awe anymore. You just say, oh well, that's a tree.
1: Yeah, that's I a tree. know every,
0: I know everything about that. That's a tree.
1: And it does it makes you sound kind of hippie-ish, but you do you feel connected to the universe as a whole when you start breaking down those barriers and stop calling a tree a tree and mm-hmm. start just looking at it for what it is. It's it's amazing.
0: Well, as always, until next time, may the unconditional grace, peace, and love of the divine be on in and radiated out from each of you, our fellow seekers from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible.
1: Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.